Hey there, real quick before we get to the episode, I want to invite you to a workshop all about being a swing and or dance captain that's going to be taught by Phil Colgan. He's been both a dance captain and a swing on the biggest hit of the past decade, Hamilton, and he's currently a swing and assistant dance captain on Anne Juliet right now. I actually got my start in this industry swinging and dance captaining, so I know firsthand how beneficial both of these positions are. You're much more in demand and you get paid a lot more too. Now, most people don't take advantage of these benefits or even consider being a swing and or dance captain, and I get why. There's not a lot of info out there on how to do either of these positions, let alone even how to get hired as them. So that's why Amplified Artists is sponsoring this workshop, and it is open to everyone. So whether you think you may be interested in becoming a swing or a dance captain or both, or you already have been doing this and you want to get some advanced tips and insights from a Broadway pro, come join us Monday, June 10th from 5 to 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. The workshop is online, so you can join us from anywhere. And if you have a conflict, there's an option for you to get a recording of the workshop afterwards so you don't miss out. Head over to AmplifiedArtist.life forward slash workshop for all of the info and to save your spot. Again, that's AmplifiedArtist.life forward slash workshop, and I'll add that link to the show notes as well. All right, now on to the episode. And so my head was very straight of me like, I need to take these amount of classes. I need to get these types of jobs. Like, probably the end all like this is what I need to do and the one I mean the one thing I I wish I did is I wish I accepted more sooner I'm very happy with where I am now but I wish I accepted more sooner because there's so much more out there that actually trained me for the bigger and better jobs and for what I really wanted hello welcome to theater life uncensored where we peel back the curtain and reveal to you what's really working in today's industry for theater artists just like you that means you get to hear and learn how to surpass your career goals sooner and enjoy an easier, more peaceful life along the way. I'm your host, Jim Cooney, a New York City-based director and choreographer, and I'm also the founder of Amplified Artists, a membership community for theater professionals, from performers to producers, and everyone in between, helping you create a career and life you love. Even though we still have one more episode next week, this is actually our last artist interview of the first season of Theater Life Uncensored. But don't get too sad because today's conversation is awesome. I specifically saved this one for last because it ties in so much of what we've talked about this season and shows you how you can completely carve out a career that's custom to your skill sets, which means you are always creatively fulfilled. And no surprise, when you're always doing the things that you're best at, people keep wanting to work with you, which means you are always booked. So my guest today is Rebecca Magazine, and she works in so many areas of our industry, from dance to opera, musical theater, circus, immersive theater. And she not just performs in these areas, but she creates within them too, from helping shape the stories to coming up with the movement. But this episode is not about you having to do a million things. It just so happens Rebecca loves to do all of those things I mentioned. But whatever it is that you do, if you carve out a career that's completely custom to what you love to do and what you're best at doing, and you stop trying to do the things you honestly just don't really want to do and stop trying to work with the people you truly don't vibe with, you're going to be so much more confident because you are being 100% true to yourself. And it can actually save you. Rebecca was about to leave New York had she not done the things that she shares in this conversation. You know, it's funny because you have to take big risks to be exactly you, so you need the confidence to do that. But by doing that, that's how you get the confidence. So it's like what came first, the chicken or the egg? But I have a feeling after you hear our conversation today, you are going to eagerly want to start doing this. But before we get to that, be sure to hit the subscribe button in your podcast player so you're the very first to know when the next episode is released. And while you're there, I'd be really grateful if you could give the podcast a five-star rating and leave a positive review. It really helps more people find out about this podcast so it can help them like it's been helping you. Now, one of the biggest topics I get asked about is branding. How do I know my brand? How do I create it? How do I make it stand out? So to help you with this, I've put together a free guide and worksheet walking you through a three-part formula that clarifies your brand. And you can grab it for free at jimcooney.me forward slash branding jimcooney.me forward slash branding, and I'll include the link to that in the show notes. And by the way, if you do want to connect outside of this episode, you can follow me on Instagram at jimcooneynyc. Pop on over and say hello. All right, so if you are ready, here is our final artist interview of the season, my conversation with Rebecca Magazine. Hey, Rebecca, I am so excited that you're here. I always love hanging out with you and talking to you and spending time with you, so this is going to be like 
like this personally is going to be awesome for me. And I know other people are going to get benefit out of it as well. So thanks for being here. Of course. I love spending time with you. So this is going to be great. <laughs> this is something like, I don't want to like jump ahead. Well, I'm, I know this is going to come up in conversation, but having people you really love to work with and you get to go back and work in different capacities, in different mediums like we've gone to do, um, it just shows you like the importance of relationships. And so, like I said, I don't want to get ahead. We'll, we'll get into all that, but we'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, this is, I mean, just right off the bat, like, I'm like genuinely excited to be here with you today. So this is, this is really cool. Me too. I mean, I love it. Whenever you call, I'm always like, I will make it work. Let's do this. Oh, I appreciate it. You are, you are <laughs> doing that. You always do that for me. So I do appreciate it. I do. I do. Yeah. Um, so just to start off, to kick things off for people that don't know you, I just like to give people a chance to explain from their point of view, like who you think you are as an artist and how you introduce yourself uh, when, when you're meeting new people. Like, what do you say? Okay. Well, I'm Rebecca Magazine. Um, I'm a performer in New York. I started mainly as a contemporary dancer and found my way through musical theater to aerial arts to now um, I mainly work, I still dance, but I mainly work uh, in the harness stunt world in the theater. So I work at the Metropolitan Opera doing any of their harness work. Um, I come in and I train people in harness for them, whether it's singers or new performers. Um, and also through COVID, I started working behind the scenes, um, training celebrities and musicians in the harness for TV shows and movies and um, their music videos. And then setting up the scene and kind of choreographing the scene for them if they were using the harness in that shoot as well. Um, so that's kind of where my life has taken me. Uh, (laughs) how did you transition from or i mean i know you still dance as well but like how did you start to get involved with the circus world the harness world aerial all that stuff um at first how it first started i actually was thought i was done with new york um i just it wasn't feeling my vibe like if they would say i wanted to trail or it and my friend katie crapple um who's i believe still a music teacher here in new york as well um, told me I need to go see a show. It was something that she thought that was just really up my alley before I went anywhere just to go check it out. She called her friends in the show. It was Forza Brutina. I went and saw it. I was like, this is what I'm into, this adventure theater, like this physical theater. Like, where can I learn stuff like this? I met some of the cast members after who were starting their own company. Um, basically took all of my going out and drinking money, took it to class with them became the understudy in their um, company to then cut to a couple of years, being their head-headed hardest performer, coach, um, and company captain. So that's the short version of it. Yeah. Um, and within that, still doing musical theaters, still dancing um, for different artists and things like that, but it has become more of the hardest life for me now. Wow. Um, well, and so not only do you work in you know, different mediums, because like you said, concert dance, you've worked with me when you've been like a leggy showgirl. You've also been, mm-hmm. you know, like in the circus world, like we've done so many different projects where you've played different things, even just like a, a New York girl on the street, you know, for, for the commercial. I mean, like you've, you can play so many different things, but you also are involved in so many different mediums. And then even within that, you perform, you choreograph, you teach, you coach, like, like really you do like so many different things. So how do you find the time the balance, like the energy to be doing so many different kinds of things? Um, I think it's knowing what to say yes to and what to say no to, honestly. And then also understanding that you're not, there, how can I say this? Today? You, you have to be, you have to know enough to have some type of master understanding of what you're doing, but you don't need to be the best of the best. Does that make sense? Yes. So I kind of took my life for me coming here as a dancer at first, there's sometimes where I tried to be like the best dancer, like in the room so much. And I'm so hard on myself. That I was like, I had to step away from dance a little bit, but if I stepped away from arts completely, I felt completely lost. So then I started finding like, I would go to like circus warehouse or the muse and just take a lyric class or try something new and get a little bit invested in that. And then I found my creativity back in dance. So I've spent my life kind of when I get frustrated instead of 
pushing through and being upset at myself, which is how my life is sometimes, you know, when I really try and push through and force myself to do something um, or trying to master something, um, I just try to be creative differently. And I either stick with it and I kind of add it on and just make sure that I'm always keeping up with it, uh, which then brings into performing it, which then brings into teaching it. Um, or, you know, so I've tried so things. I tried roller skating and I haven't gone back to it yet. Kind of let that go, you know? So um, I think for me is mainly, I, I know what I can say yes to and I know when I can jump in and I, I know it so well that if you're my student, I can make you a professional. If I'm performing, I know exactly what I'm doing. Um, and uh, then I can step out and switch at any moment. So. Yeah, and I can 100% back you up on that because <laughs> when I have hired you as a performer, you do show up with like, like I never have to stress about you. Like you always are uber prepared. You've worked on it. And like, I mean, even in some of the situations we worked in where you were creating like your own act within like a larger night of, of stuff, you had some creative control. Like you were choreographing like exactly what you were doing in some of the situations and things. And like you came in with that. You were sending me videos ahead of time. Like you do dive in and that's something that like, I, you know, people will be confident about like what their quote unquote main thing is. Like, let's say if you're really confident as a performer, you'll show up that way. But then if someone does want you to create an act for yourself, like, like this situation, or they need you to improv on set for something or any of these other kinds of skills, or they need you to like dance captain and like teach the material to someone, people, if they haven't done that yet, they don't keep that same level of confidence that they have with their main thing. It's like they, it's like they don't feel like they have that same right or, or like give themselves the same permission or. Um, I don't know exactly what that is, but with you, I feel like you're such a good example of you really like whatever someone throws at you, you're going to do with the same confidence, the same level of, um, assuredness in yourself. If you are scared, you don't show it. You, you just seem like very chill, very cool. And like, that's one of the things I really love when we'll talk about this, a little oh, like working with you is like, you always are so chill, no matter what's going on. And you're also fun to be around too. But like, I think like that people should listen to you talking about this and and take that to heart that even if this is my first time doing something, I can still show up as professionally and as confident as I am with my main skill, whatever that is. Yeah. Cause it's also like, you'd find it. Like I love trying new things because it, then I can go back to dance or now like I'm so connected in the harness world or to the harness world and be like, Oh yeah, what the small little change I made when I was trying contortion, because now I have to take contortion class because I learned that straightening the contortion helps my body so much with dance and with harness. And I would have never put those two together. But I had the right teacher who wanted to work with me and I was like, let's try this. And so now I can take that and easily put it into my teaching or my directing in the other skills that I would have never thought of doing before. So keeping myself open to always being able to step in, but also knowing when to say no. Like there are a lot of things, especially now, a lot of agents or people who know I'm an aerialist um, call me and they're like, we have this great gig for you. We want you to do this silk act. And I'm like, I, I don't play on silks. Like I'm not a silk artist, but here are the people that I trust that can do it. And that, you know, I will give you their name and number and are great to work with. So it's, it's totally, it's also, I just know when, I need to say no as well. So it gives me the confidence to say yes to so much more. Um, and I love putting myself in those positions. I think, you know, you've got to jump in the pool like of life. You just got to die with with confidence and, and understanding, you know, because that's that's where you learn new things about yourself and can grow in business. Um, yeah. And so it's scary, but it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's like a theme of so much of what we talk about in Amplified Arts is when people are scared and then like they get the encouragement from the group or whoever to like, just dive in, like who cares if it's not gonna be perfect and like, and then they do it and they like have this epiphany of like, A, it was so much easier than I thought it was and B, the response I got was so amazing and it and like inspires them and empowers them next time to not be so fearful. And so it's like just diving in. And like you said, if, if it's completely outside of your wheelhouse, it's okay to say no. Or if it doesn't interest you, it's okay to say no. Exactly, yeah. And I think that's, I also like how you connected the dots of, well, I didn't really know that contortion was going to do these things, but that actually helped with this. And that's, I think when people give themselves the permission and the freedom to explore other areas, you don't know how the dots are going to connect, but eventually 
you're going to see things, even if it's just relationships, but, but skills. And like, I mean, I, I feel like that's another thing that I hear a lot from people when we're having these kinds of conversations is like, well, I just tried this, but that, like, even if it's choreography, like choreography made me a better performer or performing in this helped me be a better choreographer, whatever it may be. Like everything is so much more intertwined than we give it credit for. Um, we yeah. kind of like compartmentalize. Yeah. And I mean, growing up, so, I mean, so I wanted to be a dancer since I was a little kid. I fought for it. Um, and with my, my parents are freaking amazing. Not They're not performers, but it was one of those things where it's like, if you're going to dance, like, you could only dance until you're 27 years old because that's what they were saying. This was like in the nine, late 90s, early 2000s, being like dancers only survive till like, or can, you know, be performers till their late 20s and stuff. And so my head was very straight of being like, I need to take these amount of classes. I need to get these types of jobs, like probably the end all, like this is what I need to do. And the one, I mean, the one thing I, I wish I did is like, I wish I accepted more sooner. I'm very happy with where I am now, but I wish I accepted more sooner because there's so much more out there that actually trained me for the bigger and better jobs and for what I really wanted. Um, and it's, I think new generations or people under, like under us or younger than us, I should, younger, not under, younger than us, um, have experienced that already, which is great. Um, but I just, I highly encourage that it's not, you know, even going and taking a, com a class in comedy or a writing class will help your dancing at some point. Like it's, as long as you're staying in the arts, you know, or staying creative, that will, that is training for what your main focus is if you have one. Right. Yeah. And I think like, it's funny because I agree with you that like our age group always like, oh, I wish we would have done X, Y, Z sooner. But even when I'm talking to younger people, even in universities, they're like, I wish I would have done this younger. Like, I think it's just a universal thing that we mm -hmm. all are just too afraid to fully like rip, the, rip the bandaid off or whatever it is. And just like go fully into like these new experiences. Cause it's like PR failure, or, you know, there's so many different reasons. Yeah. Yeah. So this is like being able to afford doing different kinds of classes and stuff. So. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Did you have any, like when you started, you know, not dancing as much and started pursuing this other stuff, did you have any like sadness or any kind of like, oh, I made these dance goals that I'm getting rid of or like guilt or any kind of sense with that? Or was that like not even? Uh, I'm 100% and I still do because it's like, it's very interesting because like, Jill, I think you are one of the only people that have worked with me like full circle as like, a, you know, rocket dancer to like, you know, circus performer to on a street dancer, like everything. And so it's, it, I still get sometimes when I see people in the musical theater community or the dance community, they see me like, oh, like, how's you like, you're an aerialist now. I didn't call you because you're an aerialist now. And I'm like, oh, wow. No, you know, I, that's, that's not it. Um, and vice versa, or like someone in, in like Cirque, Cirque world be like, oh, but you're a dancer. I'm like, I have raging both. Like, it's hard. It, it's a hard balance that I feel like is intertwining each year. Um, especially as I'm getting to know myself more, cause I feel like I'm always learning more about myself. Um, but yeah, there, there was a time that like, I guess it would be 2017 or so where it was like most of my jobs and the great jobs that I'm very proud of were all harness work or that land into puppeteer work that landed into more of the circus world. And I looked back and I was like, damn, I spent like, 20 years trying to make it in musical theater or trying to make it like as a professional dancer and made it, but, you know, trying to do more and more like, God, like I, did I just let go of that? So that is something I, I struggle with constantly and have to remind myself that I'm not done with that. Like just because I'm doing more of this, I'm still a performer. I didn't have all of the dance technique and all that passion still. Um, I just have to also remember to let it out whether it's go to the class rent a studio to improv, you know, work with friends on creative, more dance um, shows than circus, like, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a hard, I'm still trying to balance that a, a little bit because I'm, no. I don't want to let go of that. It's, yeah. <laughs> well, even, even if you are doing the same thing, and I don't, I'm not going to name names because I don't want to share people's business, but like, I know many choreographers who are like, I'm only known as a tap choreographer. So I only get tap jobs and tap choreography. And so like, that's all people like, no one's even giving me a chance in anything else. 
And so even though they want to be doing other things, and even though like they can do other things, just like what you're saying about, and they're doing like that same job, like yours is kind of more like they're saying circus first dance, but even in like dance and even in musical theater, you can still get compartmentalized. Oh, you only work on, you know, uh, golden age musicals. Like people just like to, or like even like the type of character play, oh, you're just an ingenue. Like people just love, like we talked about earlier, compartmentalize you. And so yeah, it's a, it's a challenge for everyone. But the flip side of that is that when you get known as, that aerial is when you get known as the top choreographer, whatever it is, you're the go-to person for that. And so, yeah. like you said, you spent all this time trying to work as a dancer, but then once you got known as the aerial, it's like you're getting these jobs all the time. So it's yeah. like, in some ways, it's like made you more money. It's made you have more of a prolific career, more prolific body of work by being known for these other things. And then, you know, you can still dance at the Met Opera. You can still dance in Broadway Bears and these other things that I know you're involved with. Um, and like you said, you've kind of checked a lot of, your dance career boxes already. So not that you don't have more goals, but it's not like you, you moved to the city and then no one ever gave you any kind of dance jobs. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And it was interesting because there's some plans I see now that like, now that auditions are happening um, a lot more in person, friends uh, from the musical theater community, posting like back together for auditioning and things like that. And for a second, I'm like, oh, like, how did I not know about that audition or how did I, you know, but then I'm in a room with a bunch of awesome artists who are dancers and circus performers and I'm in love with everything I'm doing and I'm not sitting, not that what they're doing is totally wrong, but they love what they're doing and they love auditions, they want that job. But I'm not sitting there wondering all the things like, how am I ready for this? Like, did I have I danced enough lately and have I, you know, something enough lately? Have I done this? Have I done this right? You know, like I'm, already very happy and getting paid for something I love to do and still being hired as a dancer right just maybe not at the call that everyone is at that I right. always go for all the time right well yeah. also too like if depending on like what level you're choreographing it and training if you're working with these celebrities and stuff it can be more lucrative than dancing in some of these projects so in some ways it's like the fact that you have these extra skill sets is benefiting you even more than if you were just you know dancing Oh, yeah, a hundred percent. I would say most lucrative is working behind the scenes, um, choreographing harness moments, teaching harness moments, working with the big companies, of course, um, and working at the Met. And it's it's great. Um, and still being able to be creative. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, it's also it is a, for anyone who's like watching or listening to this, who's like, well, how do I, you know, merge these things together? And I think it's it's a balance of, you know, like people really rely on social media. So if you're only posting, like in your case, if you only posted harness videos, people start to associate you with that. I know for a while, like when people were introducing me, they would always say, oh, this is Jim from, you know, Broadway Dance Center. And I'm like, wow, I, I guess I'm just posting like so much about dance class and like, like you know, classes that people are forgetting that I also still choreograph and direct shows. And so I had to like recalibrate that. And even now during the pandemic, because a lot of the work was done, a lot of my posts have been about amplified artists. So people like are still wondering, am I even directing? Even though like I have been working with writers the whole time during the pandemic and getting these shows ready. It's like, it's what people see on social media. So I think like that's a good way to balance it out is like making sure you're rotating through your posts, but just keeping your relationships open. I mean, when I have my, you know, talks with my agent, we're talking about the directing and choreography jobs. When I'm talking with producer friends of mine, I'm talking about those kinds of jobs. So it's like, you're keeping that, those wheels and those plates, you know, spinning and those camps that you have going. And so you just have to balance your time. And if you do want to be doing things equally, then you have to spend equal time. But if you're okay with it being more in one area, then you can, you know, lean into that area. That's now yeah. knowing that like the other side is always going to be there. Like if you really want yeah. to get back just in a dance full time, you could easily do that. You know? Yeah. And that's also the that's on me. Like it's very interesting when you put up this like social media for me is, you know, it's sometimes a, a rabbit hole and also you can get really discouraging. Because um, when you said that, I actually thought about it today because when you know, were talking about branding or you said something about branding earlier, and I was like, wow, I no wonder why people don't call me for random dance stuff anymore because I have all harness stuff, like all harness stuff, all the circus world, all the stuff, like, and I'm, I'm very proud of it, but I'm, I'm not giving that. But uh, like to do social media to people who don't know me that well. Um, but with people that I talk to day to day or, you know, in and out monthly, like you, who know me, like they know I'm a dancer. They know, like, they actually know me for 
for me, but also for my skills, that it's like, you also have to not worry about what people who only really see on social media think of you all the time. You know, unless you are someone who's always um, promoting yourself or trying to be like a dancer in movies and more in like in commercial work because they definitely go straight to social media. So that is something I would say, like, that's where like you want to have like choreography, improvisation, what you're doing like on point because that commercial world is, that's one of the, that's how I have a friend who can't do while I've seen dancers on social media. Mm-hmm. I would say that, but for other things and how I've decided to, I guess, live my life where I'm understand my, be comfortable with my life, understand my life is that like, I have my people who understand me and whether it's casting me or working with me and they know everything I can do. And I am confident and happy about that. And I, I have to understand that not everyone knows me, even though they talk about my social media, even though we've done auditions together, even though they've seen me audition for them in a room five years ago, not everyone knows what you do. And that's okay. You're, you're also doing anything wrong, but like, that's okay. Just explain it to them. <laughs> right. Well, that's what branding is really is like shaping your reputation. Yeah. And I'm like, what? And I, it's funny because you, since I do know you so well, like I don't ever go look at your website or social media. If I, if a project comes up that I know you're right for, or that you'd be great at, like, I don't like go check your social, like, I just know you. So uh, like to, to me, your brand is very clear because I know, like, I feel like today's audiences, it's not just like to just have a dance on stage is not exciting. People want new things and they want people who use their bodies in different ways. And it doesn't even need to be circus stuff, but just like people who can do more than just bevel and like, you can bevel and then you can do so much more. So it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, we can have these dance moments, but then, and I also know you're very creative. So it's like, we can explore all these different things. And if I throw something at you quickly, like, you know, I don't have time to explain this. Can you just make X, Y, Z happen? You'll be there and you'll make it happen. So yeah, I do think that it's important that, you know, yes, social media, yes, all the things we're talking about. Yes, your website, a hundred percent. But your relationships also, matter a lot and those people really know you and every time you work with them you are reshaping your reputation because i i have had people who they start to get really comfortable after they work with me or assist me or whatever it is and they can start to show up late not remember things and i'm like that's more embarrassing because you're supposed to be my friend at this point if we've worked together and we have a relationship and also like you're disrespecting me like i would never come to your project and not be prepared you know what i mean so I think like, and you've never done that. You always show up amazing. So that's why I like, I'll call you at any moment. So just for people listening, I think like use your relationships as well. Like that is just as powerful. And those people know you and know your brand. So you don't have to work so hard. You don't have to like keep trying to prove to that person. Like well, I'm still a dancer because like they already know that like that they're not. Yeah. Yeah. And saving with any recommendations, like people I recommend if I can't do a job, if I don't think I'm right for a job, anyone that I recommend, there's amazing performers out there. I know a ton of them, but the ones I really, really recommend are the people that I feel I can put my reputation on the line. Because even though it's not on me on whether they show up or not, I would rather recommend someone that's going to. So then I like also know that they'll come to me again if they need someone or for any projects, they know that I will recommend someone who will always be there and will work. Um, and then also when I get recommended, it's mainly because, I mean, the person likes working with me and I show up and I'm creative. So it's just, it's very interesting. I've seen a lot of performers and assistants and choreographers who once when they get something, they're like, oh, I'm at the point where I don't know if it's, I don't care or I, you know, like I can ease back. And I'm like, in, in life, you're, you're always kind of being watched or you're always representing someone else or at the next project or the next job that like. Just always keeping that effort in to be open and be there on time. It's huge. It's huge. Especially, well, two, well, first I want to say that like, I'm so glad you brought that point up because people do ask you for referrals for recommendations and they don't realize that like they're representing you, like you said. So if I give my word about you, you're representing me as well as yourself. So if you mess up and, you know, show up late or don't, don't do a good job, that reflects back on me. So like, you have to go like that extra mile because you're actually managing someone else's reputation as well as your own. Um, yeah. But what I was going to say though, is that like, I think the best place to demonstrate that is when you're doing free projects, like charities like Broadway Bears or, or these events we've done together where it's for a nonprofit or for a charity, because when you're not getting paid, that's like really where 
you see this disconnect with people because some people it's okay to like, well, I had another gig that paid me so I'm going to stroll and lay with my Starbucks and sunglasses on and like, oh yeah, I forgot. What was that step again? Like, and you're like, I, you didn't have to say yes to this project, but if you're going to say yes, show up. I mean, like, what if I came in as a choreographer and was like, yeah, we're not getting paid. So I don't know. I don't have any steps prepared. I mean, that'd be so offensive to the performers, right? So. Yeah. And to, and then it goes that to the charity that you're putting all this time and effort right. forward that relying on you to help make this money because people are excited to see you. I mean, the one thing when I first came to New York, I was like, okay, just say yes to everything. Cause you never knew you're going to meet and to a point do that. Okay. But then there's a point where it's like, don't say yes, unless you're really excited about it because it's not worth the performers or choreographers time or your time. If you're not excited, if you're going to sit there and I'm sorry, but if you're going to sit there and bitch, or you're going to show up late, then like, it's just such wasted energy. And like, I get, I get it. Cause I've been there and I had to say yes to too many projects that I really didn't want to be a part of to understand that like, well, this is like hurting my relationship with this person. This is hurting like my personal experience with performing. Like I need to not say yes, just because I feel like I have to take every opportunity because it's going to leave something. I do have to slow down and be like, all right, I like Broadway Bears. I love the people around it. I love what they do for the community and the world. I mean, they just gave millions of dollars to Ukraine. Like I support them. So therefore it takes a lot of time, but I'm always fucking excited to be there because I love the people. I love dancing with the people. I love what it does. And so I always show up, um, you know, so it's just, I would say find those freebies, like say ins to those freebies that are going to make you excited and want to be there all the time. And then everyone will be happy. <laughs> yeah. And it looks like if you feel stressed about working with someone, you're only working for them because you want to have that relationship with them, but like they treat you poorly or you don't really like the choreography they do or the directing they do, whatever it may be. It's like, why are you like, you're being attracted to like the status of that person, but not really the art that they're making. And so like, that was a big epiphany for me when I was like, I'm trying to work really hard with like XYZ people. And like, I don't even really like what they're doing. So why am I killing myself trying to make this happen? I'd rather work with, even if it's a smaller pool of people, just all the people I like to work with, my life's going to be better, <laughs> more creatively fulfilled. And it's, there's no friction there. You know, it's just. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's uh, any advice I get to any young people, it's like, Take the classes that make you happy. Yes, there there's some people there that I'm like, if you really if you want to be a rocket, this person knows her like knows how to train your body to get into it. Sure, but like, do if a teacher or a choreographer doesn't work for you, but someone who's not as well known does, go to that person because that person's gonna make you happy. You're gonna learn so much more. You're gonna be a lot more creative, and then maybe you'll work with the other person everyone loves later, and you'll be a better you know your better self when you work with that person so forcing yourself to to take class or be somewhere just because everyone else is saying like that's what you should do right um the good right. you know well i think right. like there are some classes that are popular because of the education but there's also a lot mm -hmm. of classes that are popular because it's an easy easier class because this day and age we don't want to be failures on social media and so when so many teachers are filming their classes then you feel like well I got to only do the classes that I can do the choreography. And so then you're in classes that you already know how to do everything. So you're not learning. So like, you know, the, the lower level classes tend to do better and have more students just because people can look great in those classes. Yeah. So you may look and be like, wow, that's a really popular class. This teacher may be amazing. And they could be like, they very well could be, but it also could be this situation where it's a very safe environment. So that's why people are going there, but no one's really learning. So, you know, I think some of the best teachers have the smallest classes, but the the information they're giving and the way that they stay on top of you to like and this is why they probably have a smaller class because they're not gonna they're gonna hold you up to this high standard and make you work your ass off yeah and so people don't want to be in that environment as much uh where our generation yeah. we crave that like that's how we grew up but i think yeah you know, there's a difference now yeah i mean i've definitely taken on like pre-covidence now it's like anywhere i can fall lay an ass means i don't me so like if I'm taking something and a choreography, my friend taught um, a class here the other day, and I literally in the video because we like build this so we can watch it later. I'm doing something and I fall smack the windows and I start laughing, get up and continue. And I'm like, great, I learned something. Like I learned my body couldn't take that, or I learned like, hey, do it ten times, like really hit my body. Um, but it it also gets you out of that like nervousness. Like you're gonna fall, you just get back up and go and. To what you said, it's like, if you go 
and you know the choreography or you take in class from this person so much that it's like, you know that when they go like this, they're going to go like this right away. That's just always what they do, whether they say they change their work or not, you know? And um, it's like, you're not learning anything. You're not, you know, you're, you can't grow from there. So, right. and it's so easy to, to get into that, you know, yeah. into the dance. Yeah. Well, and to like circle back with like what you're saying, is like, it's what you said in the beginning of like, you just were throwing yourself into. So anytime like an opportunity came up, you kind of threw yourself into it. And now like you're reaping the rewards of that. So yeah. <laughs> Um, switching gears a little bit, it's the same kind of topic, but more on like the creative side, because I think you create so many different, I mean, cause you have so many different skill sets. So you create so many different kinds of shows, immersive theater, uh, circus stuff. You do like outdoor circus, you do indoor with the harness stuff, uh, obviously theater pieces Like you, you, I think like more than anyone I know, like you really, you're always creating new things and involved with new shows and stuff. Is that. Is that conscious that you do that? Is that like just where it just has landed for you or like, what's that about? I, I, I think so. I, I think it's where I virtually started landing and now it's more conscious because every company I work with, like the um, breaking surface, which was uh, through fifth wall where I right now, um, they're very open into making their performers like be a part of, of the creation. Same with A.B. Cirque, like every time I work with Angela, it's not, unless I'm coming in, it's already set. Like then I just come in and I do my job, like, you know, join the cast right away. But when it came to us choreographing for the shows we did this summer on the sweep pole and for Bindle Stiff, it wasn't like she told me exactly what to do and that was it. There's always room to expand or to put my own angle on it. Um, and I realized everything I've done has been, not everything, but Everything I've been happy with, I've been, had some type of um, creative structure to it as well. Um, because I, I do think we're all different and I think it's hard to be exactly the same and perfect all the time. And if you see two people in, in two different in roles, uh, like this is what I loved about Foyers so much. And then I think Dale Aguirre did this too, where like everyone knew everything. So each night when you went in, you didn't have the same person running. You didn't have the same person, you know, going on the wall. Um, so it was almost a different show, same acts, different show. And it, um, I loved that. And for me, like I was always hired as a swing and I never really understood why I'm like, why can't you just be on stage the whole time? And then I realized, because I totally get off. I'm being thrown in stuff. I mean, you've choreographed something before. Thrown into stuff like last minute and knowing, just being like, I think I know it, so I'm just going to go. Like, yeah. I love it. <laughs> 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 I didn't realize that until like probably a couple of years ago where I'm like, oh yeah, this is why I'm doing a show where we have harness and we fill up the stage with water and I can follow my ass literally five times a show and no one notices because we have water and you just make them, you slide and you make it work and yeah. you pretend they had to do it. Yeah. Like I love that stuff. And then I never felt bored. I never got went into a show thinking like, um, like it was just so in my body, like it didn't matter. I mean, it was to a point where I was comfortable, but then also I knew how to get out of bottom of my face. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so I I I have I think I have unconsciously um, chosen said yes to projects and jobs that make me a part of the creation for yeah. because of that. Well, I, I think it's cool you hit on this idea of like the cast doing all different things too, because I know like um, uh, Frozen out at Disneyland in California, they have multiple people playing all the parts. So like anytime you see the show, it's not going to be the same cast. And like, you know, the Rockettes change and there's different Santa Clauses, that, you know, the dude with the different cast, whatever. And like that business model, I think is so much healthier for the performers because if they want to take a break, there's other people who can step in and do it. And it's not like, oh, we don't have the full show tonight. Like there's no pressure with it because it's always going to be a different cast anyway. So if you need to go to a wedding or, I mean, I've missed like funerals and births of babies and things because of like projects I couldn't get away from, even when I was performing many, many moons ago. Um, but like having these, these business models or these theater models where anyone can kind of play any of the parts, it just gives you so much more freedom and it's such a healthier like work-life balance. And if you're like, you know what, my shoulder's kind of sore today. Can I do this track instead? Because you know, it's not as intensive on my show. Like, great. Yeah, no problem. Like, we'll just put someone else in for that. Like, 
that like that should be more normal than what it is now. I think I totally agree. I mean, I understand with some like especially in musical theater a little bit like it's it's harder to step that, but it's I mean I don't know like the the most I've been in the same you no know, I've always been in a swing or or I've been in a continuous uh, change in a show, but um it's. Like, it's just good for me, my, like my mind and my body. And it's, um, I mean, I love it. All the shows that I've, I've been with, I only left because they closed or because, um, I, yeah, no, because they closed. And I, I probably wouldn't have left otherwise because there's so many different parts I could do and um, learn. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's great as an artist to always throw. I mean, I suggest anyone, even if you're in a show, if you're at a regional theater and you're just an ensemble member, have fun and learn the guy's part or learn like one of the leads just to like keep yourself creative and to keep your mind going. And you also never know when they need that. Didn't, wasn't it at, um, with Hadesound or something, like uh, someone just jumped in, I think two weeks ago like a guy jumped into a female's role because they knew it and they were down. So like, shit, we just went through COVID. Shit like that does happen. That's not a, that's not going to happen. That right. will happen. Like, right. so also, I always the say- The creative team yeah. sees that. Like I see people on the side who, now granted, you have to be good. Like you have to be off book on your own stuff and like have your own dances good. But when you see people who, especially like when you're doing cast replacements and stuff like that, where they, most of the people there are already been doing the show for however long. And you see them like kind of on the side, just learning for fun. The other parts that people are doing, like people notice that stuff. And that's like, oh, that might be a good assistant or that might be a good dance captain. Or um, if we have to do another company, maybe they could go out on the road and play this other role or whatever. Like people do notice that stuff. Um, and, you know, it just trains your your brain to be able to do that as well. So Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of my assistant and captain jobs came into because if I wasn't on stage at the time I was learning mentally just for, for honestly just to keep myself going not because I didn't think about it at the time like oh maybe this would help me later but then it, it did so it's, it's very interesting that you can learn a lot from the times when you're actually not on stage and just sitting back because I'm going to learn a lot more in the business I'm going to help yourself in business yeah. than being on stage yeah you said you were working with a lot of these companies where they valued the performers having creative input as well. And I think that, you know, I, I like bang my <laughs> drum about this. It's like the, it's not a ladder, it's a circle. And like we talk about this in Amplified Artists a lot too, of like, we all need each other. Like when you're auditioning, it's a two-way audition. It's not just like you trying to get the job. Um, and so like, I think like, you know, you're seeing actors getting residuals for original Broadway shows now. And I think people are starting to like clue themselves in more of like, oh, so it's not just like, the director's brilliant. No, the director collaborated with the actors. The director collaborated with the lighting design. Like it was all a collaboration. And, you know, the actors brought so much to the table as well. And so even though you're you're referring to this in more of these like circus spaces, I do think it's happening in theater. And also like, it's more fun. Like as a choreographer, I don't want to have to be the one coming up with all the ideas because you know your body's better than I know. Like you're if I ask you about something, you're going to be able to tell me the best way you can do that. So we're already collaborating just by us having that conversation. And then I can look and like mold things. But if I just have to make up steps in a vacuum and I'm like, well, I hope everyone can do this today. Like that's, it's not good for me. It's not good for the creative process. It doesn't tell the story in the best way that we can as the artists in the room. So, yeah, you know, I do hope that anyone listening who is more on the creative team side of things, like, you know, lean into that and like, let your actors be as creative as you are, because it's just going to make better art all, all around. Yeah, totally. I agree. For people who are like listening to you, I'm like, wow, this is really cool. I would love to create my own work or like be creative in this way or, or explore something else. But they're like still on that <laughs> terrified moment of like, I don't know where to go, what to do. Like, do you have any advice for them? I mean, you've hit on some things already, like just kind of like running into it and do it as soon as possible. But any other things come to mind that would maybe help someone feel more encouraged to create their own opportunities like you do? Yeah, I think, I think your community that surrounds you too is very important. Um, I have a, a group of artists now and it started, I mean, very, very good friends of mine, but through COVID, it was like, we would um, come here into Fizzwell and be like, look, 
not that we're trying to make a masterpiece, but like I heard this song and I want to choreograph to it and there's just no judgment and it's all fun. Or I have one friend who decided to go back to school and um, get, I believe, masters in teaching dance, is that right? Um, and she's like, but I've never really taught before, but she's been, you know, with all of these companies around the world. So she's been teaching us dance classes just because she needs to get used to teaching. So it's finding those people that you can call and say, hey, like, you want to go to a studio for three hours and just like, I have this idea, let's play around. I, that's, I think that's where it starts. And that's also where um, creativity like continues. So even if, if it's even those who are on Broadway shows or who are, you know, think that they're at top of their game, but like don't know how to be creative, just run in a studio with a friend. A friend that you trust creatively that, you know, that you like to work with. Because yeah. um, it, it goes so many different places. <laughs> I, mean, I think it's the hardest for performers to do that because anyone who's already a director choreographer, like that is what we do. We get into a room. I have this idea. Let's play around with it. That's like our second nature. But for performers, it's so daunting to step out and like, well, there's not a script in my hand and there's not music in my hand. So like, I don't even know where to begin. But if you have an idea, I mean, like, like you said, I love this advice of like, just call, like, if you have a director friend who's not doing something, like they would love to help you. If you have a writer friend, a composer, I mean, the world is yeah. an oyster. And, you know, we say this in Amplified Artists too. It's like, we have writers in there. We have directors, choreographers, producers, choreographers, uh, sorry, performers. Like we have every kind of person in there, just post it in the forums and say like, I want to work on this. And people will jump in because you have a community, you have a network, like you're saying with your friends um, or Amplified Artists or whatever it is a school, like alumni group. Um, I mean, there, there's all different kinds of communities out there. And so it is important to have one and then not be afraid to lean on them and not be afraid to ask. And if you fail, you're in a safe space. You're surrounded by people that you trust that aren't going to be judging you for, for this. So you can have that more freedom to create. Yeah. And I would say opposite or sitting for like directors and choreographers. Like I have a friend who's a director who is busy. Like Rebecca, I'm stuck. Like what class are you taking right now? And he'll put himself in some like modern class or like musical theater class, not really a dancer, but just to be like, I want to move. I want to see people how I'm moving. I kind of want to put myself out there and into a new space. And also he's like, okay, I have this idea. And just like, go for it. And so I think even on the other side, put yourself in the performer's shoes just to get yourself out of trying to make something work or, or trying to come up with something new and, and, yeah, I think just throw yourself out there on the yeah. opposite side always helps you. <laughs> yeah, well, and I love the idea too of like, yeah, just doing something outside of like the box of what you would normally do. And that's honestly like one of the big reasons why I went to Europe last fall was like, and specifically to like Italy and, and to Florence was like, I want to be where the Renaissance was born. Like, I want to like be surrounded by the art, the culture, like learn more about the history of like how this like art just came out and like flourished and how was it funded and what were the theaters like? And what, what like, I just wanted to put myself in that because I, I mean, first of all, we had no work because it was a pandemic, but also it was like this reflection of like, what do I really want to be creating? Where do I want to put my time and my energy? Like you were saying earlier, and what do I want to say no to? And what do I want to say yes to? And so it was like, you know, you, you don't like think, well, I'm going to walk around art museums and that's going to help me as a theater artist. But like, I got so many ideas by being surrounded by these sculptures. And all. I mean, it's, it's so like whether it's a dance class, an art museum, go walk in the forest, like mm -hmm. like do something outside, like go take a music class of an instrument you've never played before, like shake things up. Yeah. The, you know, it's just going to open your mind to different ideas and opportunities. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. The last thing I want to say, which we've already touched on, but just I think this is important for people, too, is like you have, like I said earlier, like this really cool confidence. And you don't try to make yourself be like everyone else. And this is something I see a lot of people do is like, well, that person has that career. I want to be like that. So I'm going to dress like them. I'm going to sing like them. I'm going to model my career after them. And I get that on some level, like you, it does give you direction. It does give you goals, but we start to have a lot of like carbon copies and like, I'm sorry, like you're never going to be that person. Like that person is yeah. famous because of like what they do amazingly well. Like you would have to be that person to be able to do that in the same way that they do find for yourself, what makes you a star on that same kind of level? Like, what are you doing? And you might, you know, it's not about getting to like Tony Award status or like hitting a certain financial level, but like on a creatively fulfillment level, on like a, a life enjoyment level as you as a human, where are you a star? Like where, where do you shine the best? And I think yeah. like one thing I just love so much about you is like, you don't try to be like 
any other girl that's in the ensemble with you or in these projects with you. And like, you know, you're kind of like this rock star vibe. Like you and I will go grab whiskey together. Like you're not like quote unquote, the showgirl, even though you could bevel with the best of them and kick your face and do all the same things, but like, you don't, you don't do that. And so like, is that a conscious choice or is that just like, you're just like, you know what? I don't really care. I'm just gonna be who I am. Or like, how does that play out? Um, I, I think, I think it always became a conscious choice because I did at first in the beginning of my career was like, okay, I want to be seen as, um, you know, this musical theater dancer. Um, and I tried to be so sweet and innocent and I'm fucking not. Um, and so it was more like me fighting with, I felt like I had a double personality sometimes and not that I was trying to be fake. I was just trying to be the role, I guess. Do you know what I'm saying? But I didn't even have the role. Like I didn't even have the fucking stage. So why not just be myself and then be the role that I need to act to be when I'm on stage? And it took forever. You got, it took freaking forever to understand that. Um, and it's, it's so funny because it's, I, I think, I think this is what, this is what, what it was that changed it. I went to an audition. When was it? Early 2000s, like, so it got sense. It's like maybe 2008 or so. Um, and it was for, um, I think it was for White Christmas or something like that. Um, I was trying to be so cute. Um, and I think I'm, I'm cute. You know, I can be cute. And, uh, I wouldn't think to the choreographers you do in auditions and it's so do we go thank you for your time. And this choreographer pulled me aside. I haven't seen choreographer since, but life's lesson. Um, pulled me inside and goes, you know, I really love you, but you reek of sex. You're just too sexy. And I was like, oh, okay. And I've always been taught, I've always looked older than when I was younger. I look like I was in college. Like I've always older. And I was like, you know what? There's some shit I just cannot change. And like Maybe with then finding shows I'm good for, shows I'm not, or changing a little bit. I mean, I wasn't, don't give me like, I wasn't in there in like a crop top, like a bra and stuff like that. Like I had the musical theater look. And I was like, you know, there are just some things that my personality shines and I can either fight it, which I just didn't want to. Um, and then, yeah, I, I just accepted myself more. Um, so, and I highly recommend it, you know, I mean, yep. You're happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you, because you are at peace with yourself, you make the, like when we're in rehearsal together, like I feel completely comfortable because I don't feel like you're pushing or trying to be something else you're not. And you'll just tell me point blank. Yeah, I can do that. No, I can't do that. That's not going to look good on me. Or like, like, we can just cut all the bullshit out and just get to the work. Yeah. And yeah. honestly, there's very few, uh, I don't know if I should be saying this, but like there's very few performers where I would one-on-one -on -one go get a drink with not because I don't like them or I think they're hilarious or any of those kinds of things, but because there's like this little undercurrent of like, oh, I'm out with you. Yes, we're friends, but also like, I'm wondering if that's like a job that could happen or like, there's, I don't even want to use a de the word desperation because it's not that, but there's just like a little bit of like, it's still a little bit like a, we're a business drink or whatever. There's very few people where I'm like, when I go out with you, we don't, sometimes we don't even talk about theater at all, but like, I don't ever think like, oh, she's only hanging out with me because... I have a project coming up or whatever else. Like we can just go out as friends. And so I think that's really important for people that A, develop real relationships with you, like not a, not a career relationship, but if you're yourself, if you're really hundred percent yourself and you're not trying to like always be angling for a job when you're talking to someone and like, you really are just genuinely interested in like what that other person's doing and whatever else that like that kind of trust and that kind of relationship goes a very long way. I mm -hmm. think in, um, people wanting to work with you, but also like when people talk about like, well, how do I build these relationships with people I don't have? It, it really is. I mean, yes, reaching out to people, but also like, just be yourself. Like, don't try to like force it. Like, and also like, it, it's not that serious, right? You know, if, yeah. if we don't click, if we don't get to work together on that project, it's okay. There's many other projects in there. There's many other people to work with. Like, let's just be human beings. If we connect awesome, if not, like, that's fine too. Like it doesn't need to be so much pressure, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I mean, there are very well-known choreographers out there that I will have a beer with and that I'm good friends with. And I haven't worked, I maybe worked with them once or twice, but I haven't, like, I've just enjoyed their company as a friend and also their advice. But it's, 
Yeah, like what you said, one of my big, being on the other side of the table a lot now and working with a lot of these young uh, performers and stuff, it, it's like you can smell that. You can smell when you're like, hey, you want to go get a drink in the house? And like, maybe she's going to cast me in X, Y, and Z, or maybe she's going to set me up at, you know, this company. And I'm like, no, dude, I just want to get a drink. Like, I just, yeah. you know. Um, or like a, nerves, like too, like that's like, you, you, like they're trying to always say the perfect dancer if you're talking to them and I'm like, it's okay if you say that, like, just be yourself. Like, you don't have to worry about it, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it's you be. It's just be yourself. And it's sometimes the drink will lead to an opportunity. Sometimes the drink is just a drink or a coffee is just a coffee, you know? And um, I say reach out to the people who you actually want to be friends with because that's, that's where your community is going to be built too, you know? It's just why, why waste your time, even though there's this, great choreographer, great director, why waste your time with someone that you really can't stand just because you think it will get you a job that you probably also, from what I learned, won't stand that either. You know, like it's, it's, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's like, goes back to what we talked about earlier too, of like, you're not going to feel that friction. It's going to be easy for you to go get a coffee with that person or hang out because you are genuinely liking that person. You're not just there for the creative side. Cause like, that's just one part of who we are. We have full on yeah. lives outside of like just the art that we make. So if we only connect on the art we make and there's nothing else for us to really talk about, there's not going to be as much desire to hang out one-on-one. -on -one. That doesn't mean we're not going to work together and not get cast or whatever of that. But yeah, like don't try to force that kind of relationship. Find the people that you genuinely do like want to just hang yeah. out with. So yeah. And I can go back to one thing that we were talking about where I saw like a good toy story that um, about auditioning that one time and stuff. Ooh, sorry, I just hit something. Um, but with that situation that I have with a choreographer, it, it also made me have the confidence to understand how to change myself for that moment for different things, to look a little bit more innocent, to, you know, instead of trying to change my whole, like, I guess I would say inner self, it was more like, okay, like, this is where I act this up a little bit or tone this down a little bit in order for this audition. But in the end, once when that's over, I'm still my, what you say, like my chill self of like, hey, let's go get a whiskey. Let's hang out. You know, like what do you want to do? You know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Even <laughs> in the, late, the, the slate on a submission video, it's the same thing. Like people who try to make a perfect verse, people who are just like completely just chill themselves. It's like, even the way you like, when I'm watching all these self tapes, just the slate sets up my, like, I feel like that kind of like protective, like, oh gosh, when they're so desperate to like try to do it right. Cause I feel, I want them to relax. I want them to do their best work. And like, I'm not that important. You don't need to be acting. So like trying to be perfect, like, like breathe, you know? And so yeah. people who like are, are just chill and that like slate, it's like, I'm already relaxed and I can't wait to see what they do. So yeah. it's like permeates in all different areas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. This was like great advice. And I think like if people could learn from you and like what you shared today, it's going to be really helpful for people. And inspirational for people to like open up their eyes to other things that are possible so thank you for being here and hanging out with me and and you know sharing your time for you man thanks yeah <laughs> if people want to know more about you where to find you how to connect with you where's the best place for them to go um i guess i would say i'm me for social media i'm mainly on instagram it's just my name rebecca at rebecca magazine um and uh my website is rebeccamagazine.com but i i answer my, my dms and stuff like that so you can always reach out and if you have any questions or anything about dance theater aerial world um i can help you thank you so much <laughs> hey, All right. i'll see you later thank you Bye. what did i tell you friends this was definitely such a great conversation to save for our last one this season I really do hope you try what Rebecca has suggested and carve out a career that's completely custom to you because it really does make such a difference. I know that when I started doing this for myself, I felt like everything just snapped into place and things became easier and more enjoyable. Jobs started coming to me instead of me having to reach so hard for them. So for any of you, no matter what it is you do, you can absolutely do all of this too. Now, we still have one more episode next week to conclude our very first season of Theater Life Uncensored. We're going to celebrate. We're going to talk about what's coming up next. So you definitely don't want to miss that. 
Before we wrap up here, don't forget you can get my free three-part branding formula guide and worksheet on my website at jimcooney.me forward slash branding or by following the link in the show notes. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe. And while you're there, please leave the show a five-star review, especially if you think this podcast would be helpful for someone else. If you've got any questions, you can give me a shout on Instagram. I'm at jimcooneynyc. Remember, there is no one on the planet who's just like you. Be true to the gifts you have and who you are. Thanks for tuning in today. Now here's a little preview of next week's episode. I will see you then. Given that it's the final episode of the season, I knew we'd have to do something a little special or at least a little different than what we've been doing. So I'm going to turn the tables and ask myself the same questions I've been asking my guests all season. 